extract from the autobiography of Nelson Mandela born on 18th July 1918 the first black president of South Africa it begins with the description of the inaugural ceremony which took place on 10th of May 1994 where the entire nation along with many international leaders embraced the victory of the newly unfairly elected government it involves speeches by the president and the two deputy presidents followed by an impulsive air show of fighter jets and helicopters long ago in the first decade of the 20th century white supremacy introduced a system of apartheid and made life a living hell for all the dark skin rise to one of the most inhumane societies of the world many people have struggled and sacrificed for the basic human rights the author expressed his desire to thank all those freedom fighters who couldn't live to see the certain day he referred to the citizens as the greatest assets of the country it is these people he gathered his courage from mandela believes that courageous is not the man who is fearless but the man who has overcome fear he also mentioned two responsibilities every human has and how in order to fulfill his obligation towards the society his obligation towards his family was neglected he became a man of people when he realized that the idea of freedom was an illusion for him and the people like him it was then he joined the african national congress and fought for his rights till he became the first black president symbol kiss and the watching word i said today all of us too by the presence here confer glory and hope to the newborn liberty out of the experience of an extraordinary human disaster that lasted too long must be born a society of which all humans will be proud we who were outlaws not so long ago have today been given the rare privilege to be the host to the nations of the world to our own soul we thank all of our distinguished international guests for having come to take position with the people of our country of what is after all a common victory of justice for peace the proposal summary is based on the retrian play written by anton chekhov 
It is a short story that speaks about the strain between the two wealthy neighbors, the discontentment and the lust within to increase their property and wealth induces them to the most straightforward way known to man, marriage. It is a story about Ivan Lomov, who is 35 years old, who is affluent enough, a bachelor who has a heart issue. He wishes to marry his neighbor, daughter of Chubikov, Natalia, who is 25 years old. He needs the approval of the father, Stephen Chubikov, who is a wealthy land owner. Now let us discuss about the theme. The proposal is a rattling good story about a young man, Ivan Lomov, who presents a marriage proposal to his neighbor, Stephen Chubikov, for his unmarried daughter, Natalia. The story takes a nose dive for the worse as the three of them enter into an argument about who gets to keep the property, oxen meadows and the dogs. Ivan comes dressed elegantly to propose Natalia, assuming that he has come for some other purpose. Chubikov asks him for the reason of the visit and he actually confides that he wishes to have a conversation with Natalia. During the conversation, Natalia and Ivan, they have a forced argument over oxen meadows. That was the first dispute between the families. Both of them gave their own reasons for the argument. And it comes to an end. Both of them argued again and they delved into the discussion. They forgot that Ivan had visited Stephen's home to propose the girl. The quarrel again goes on. And the emotions of the Lomo that sprout up love ends in fainting. By the time he faints, Natalia's anger also calms down and Lomo walks away. Then Chubukov instantly agrees and places the daughter's hand in into Ivan's hands and this is how it is expected that both of them 
were into the bond and the proposal was accepted somehow. Students, I'm Daisy Sharma, teaching English from JNVM Nanagar. Today, as you all know, we are going to study a new topic which is very close to my heart and it is a bond of love between the author's wife and the bear cub. That is basically a emotional bond which the author's wife and her pet bear share between them. He had rescued the baby in an accident and gifted it to his wife. They on they were bonding like he was their child and author's wife also loved him a lot. The family loved him, nourished him, helped him grow as their own child. Slowly and steadily Bruno grew up. He bonded with everyone. From the children to the pets at home. He had his own bed and he would play with the little ones all the day. One day in an accident he ate the poison which was kept to kill the rats and after consuming the poison Bruno got paralyzed. After the proper treatment they were in a position to save him. And soon after he became normal, he drank up the whole gallon of all ancient oil meant for termites. But it did not affect him. Bruno was growing in size, but was very sweet and playful. As he grew, they changed his name to Baba, which meant a small boy in Hindi language. He picked up few tricks growing up and entertaining everyone. His size was a problem and being an animal, he was a threat to the children. So it was decided that he should be sent to zoo. Author's wife did not agree initially, you know, but then she had to 
go with Thepol. She had to give in for everyone's safety. And he was shifted to Mysore Zoo. When both of them separated, actually then they realized how much the wife loved him and even the bear. Both of them start, stopped eating, remained sad all day and they missed each other very much. After three months, the author's wife decided to meet him. Although everyone had told her that Baba would not recognize him, but she was not at all surprised when he recognized her in a jiffy. She petted, she pampered him and spent a lot of time with him. However, she could not leave him. So she decided to take him home. So this kind of bond you usually, you know, if you have a pet at home, would agree with me that you treat them as if they are your family members. And it's very tough for anyone to leave them back. So after the formalities were made, the superintendent allowed them to take him home. And she finally brought him home back. She made a special island for him, for the deep dry pit and his belongings. So she finally reunited with the barber and spent her days petting him, making him sleep in her lap, sharing the true bond of love. I would now like to ask you, if you ever had a pet, did you have the same kind of feeling if you had to leave him? What was your take when you were asked to leave your lovely pet at zoo or maybe you, you were asked to abandon him and secondly I would also like to know that is it good on your part to leave to abandon the animals when they are no more of your use thank you Very good morning students, I am Daisy Sharma Tijit English from JNV Yamnanagar. Today I am going to take up a new topic, the sermon at Benares. Benares, I hope you must have heard about it a lot. It is a city in Uttar Pradesh, lately known as Varanasi. 
The sermon at Banaras is a story about Siddharth Gautama, born in a royal family, full of worldly pleasure and amenities. He left his home at the age of 12 and was sent to a place far away from home to study and understand the sacred Hindu scriptures. On his arrival to the palace, he got married to a princess named Yashodhara and both of them continued living prestigious life. One day, Gautam Buddha won us his hand and when he met four men, initially he met a sick man, then an aged man, and then he saw a funeral procession and a monk who was begging for arms. The sight of these people had literally shocked him to such an extent that Siddhartha decided to seek enlightenment. After seven years of efforts, he finally got enlightened under a people tree named Bodhi tree. And this Bodhi tree meant a tree of wisdom. <clears throat> Eventually, he started teaching and sharing his knowledge, which gave him his new name, Buddha. The Lord Buddha gave his first sermon at holistic place, Banaras. <clears throat> and then we come across the character of Kisa Gautami, who, like any other mother, is in grief because her only son had died. She picked up her dead son, carried him to her neighbors, hoping to get medicine to cure her child. The people thought this to be insane act and called her absent-minded. She also came across a man who addressed her requests and advised her to go to Buddha. Kisa Gautami wanted her son to be alive. She cried and cried and she immediately went on to meet Buddha and cried, Lord, give me the medicine that could cure my boy. Buddha asked her to get some mustard seeds for him on one condition that the mustard seed should be brought from a house where not even a single person had lost a child, husband, parent or even a friend. The poor lady accepted the condition and started to search for a house.
seeing her in grief, people used to try to help her out by offering mustard seeds. But she couldn't find a single house that had not lost their dear ones. This has made her so hopeless and lost in her thoughts that she went and sat down on the roadside, staring at the city's flickering lights. To her notice, the flickering lights finally extinguished and spread the darkness everywhere. This made her think about selfishness and grief and ultimately making her realize that death is common to all and not a single person can escape it. Buddha, in his sayings, compared the ripe fruits with the mortals and said, as ripe fruits have the risk of falling, at the same way mortals are in fear of death. According to Buddha, sorrow increases man's suffering and it eventually leads to the physical torture. Thus he advised that an intelligent man who understands the nature of functioning should never get upset at the things that are happening as this is the only path towards happiness. The moral of the story is that one should understand that human beings are mortal and no one can escape death. People must understand that thinking about bound situations will increase one's stress and lead to sorrow. So our focus should be on neglecting sorrows and focusing on the things that make us happy. The way a crow shook down on me, the dust of snow from a hemlock tree has given my heart a change of mood and saved some part. Of the day I had dreamed. Dust of Snow is the poem written by Robert Frost. Robert Frost was an American poet and he was the author of numerous poetry collections and he is known for his realistic depiction. The poem Dust of Snow by Robert Frost is very simple and short poem. Yet it has 
a deeper and larger meaning. The poem tells us that even the simple moment has a large significance. The petty things in your life can also bring about a drastic change in one's life. The way a crow shook down on me, the dust of snow from a hemlock tree. The poet is talking about the winter's day when the treetops are covered with the snowflakes. The poet is quite upset and is walking by a tree which is a hemlock tree. I hope you know what you mean by hemlock tree. It is a poisonous tree. A crow immediately came and sat down on this tree suddenly because of this sudden motion the mass of snowflakes from the top fell on the poet this made him change his heart which he further adds has given my heart a change of mood and saved some part of a day I had chewed, in which he clearly mentions the reason which is unknown that he was in bad mood, but it's clear that when the dust of snow falls on him, instantly his mood changes. The hemlock tree and the crow, although are the symbols of negative references, they are the symbols of negativity, but even the negative things can change, even the negative things or the inauspicious things can bring about joy in our lives. So one must not take the things for granted. As far as the literary devices are concerned, the rhyming scheme of the poem is A, B, A, D, C, D, C, D. We come across certain occurrences of the same letter or sound in the beginning of 
adjacent or closely connected words that reflect alliteration. Some of the examples are has given my heart and seen some part. We also see certain examples of azonins, the prominence of the vowel sound throughout a line O in shook down on me. O sound is prominent. We also can see the use of enjambment when the same sentence continues to the next line without the use of any punctuation mark. It is called enjambment. It has been used throughout the poem. The poem Dust of Snow tells us about the curative power of nature. Usually when you are in stress, I would advise you all that you must sit close to the nature. We hardly get time to stand and stare. We are so busy in our hectic schedules that we hardly pay attention to what God has bestowed us with. The nature has the cure of everything. It can transform our bad mood, our illness, our sorrows. The poet is going through one such bad day when a crow suddenly shook down on him the dust of snow from the hemlock tree. And the snow that falls instantly on him transforms. It makes him happier. He's too elated. And this nature made him realize that his problems are petty. And he should not waste his day like this. The crow usually symbolizes the bad omen. It is not related to goodwill. It is ironic that in this poem, he did an honest deed by shaking off the snow, which eventually saved the poet's day. The alluring snow that adorns the poisonous hemlock tree's branches is shaken off by a scary crow. The crow throws the snow on the poet and the feel of snow changes his mood. He decides to forget the regrets of his life and follow the path of healing of his inner soul. The poet through the poem conveys the message of being positive 
in our lives. We may have to face the life as it comes to us and we must accept the things as they come to us. But at the same time, we should not forget that life teaches us that every small act can heal our soul and motivate us to do better.